0: All of that stuff is very important. Matthew chapter six, um, as we did last week, I want us to read this prayer together, uh, verses nine through thirteen. We're going to be looking from the ESV. Um, We're not going to look at all of that uh, this week. We're only going to pull out two verses. uh, But let's let's read this, the Lord's Prayer together, um, verses nine through thirteen. Are you ready? Let me get myself together. That's God's Word. Amen? Amen. We're going to focus on two verses this morning. Verse 11, Give us this day our daily bread. And verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Several years ago, a number of years ago, I went on my first mission trip, uh, and I've talked about it before, but I went on my first mission trip to Honduras. And uh, we flew into Tegucigalpa, and um, man, it was a sight to see. I remember going to Honduras, and the first thing I noticed was that the streets were packed. And they weren't just packed with cars, they were packed with motorcycles and uh, horses. I mean, they were packed with some of everything, scooters, bicycles. The streets were jammed packed. Uh, but then I also noticed, uh, and I was living in Memphis at the time, and so I would notice this, but um, every place that sold merchandise, whether it was a fast food restaurant, an upscale restaurant, if they sold any kind of food or merchandise, They had a security guard. But that's kind of normal. If you walk in Kroger here, there's going to be security guards. And they have a little side pistol. But these guys, each of them had assault rifles. I'm talking about major assault rifles. And they had bulletproof vests. So if you were to walk into a KFC... uh, We actually went to Popeye's when I was in Tegucigalpa. Um, And... Funny story, uh, I, I went up to the, uh, the counter, and of course, I, I really don't know any Spanish, and, uh, I was trying to order some wings, and I didn't know what to say. The translators was off with other people, so I'm up there like, hey, <laughs> uh, pollo. Uh, and, uh, the guy went in the back to get other people to laugh at me, um, but, uh, anyway, so, so I noticed these people with all of these assault rifles, and I asked the translator, I'm like, what, what's going on here? told me that they, nobody would shop there if they didn't have an armed guard there. Uh, but then a part of our missions work is um, we went to the city dump in Tegucigalpa. And we went to the dump, and I, I really can't explain to you, my words will not be good enough to explain what we saw at the city dump mounds and mounds, mountains literally of garbage. Um, There's thick smoke because the trucks are in and out, thick black exhaust smoke. Um, The stench, you can only imagine um, what it smelled like. But then what struck me the most was that there were actually people living uh, in the city dump. And not just people... But whole families lived in the city dump and made their living off of garbage. Um, and and I and I thought I grew up with very little until I saw this. Um, I saw little babies wrapped in what didn't look like very much clothing at all, filthy um, toddlers, adults, whole families living in the dump. Uh, We went in with a a huge truck, and we parked there, and we fed sandwiches and water. And honestly, I don't know how much good we actually did, Um, but I know those folks were hungry. And we had over a 100 people piled to the back of a truck, and we fed sandwiches and fresh water off the back of this truck. Um, But I also noticed when the huge... Garbage trucks pulled in, exhaust coming out of the back. They would park in the back of, uh, in the back of the dump, and they would begin dumping this garbage, but as they pulled in, as a fresh truck of garbage pulled in, the people would swarm to follow, uh, this truck filled with garbage. They wanted to get the new trash, and they were collecting items to recycle these items. And, and what I experienced that day broke my heart. But what I also saw was that these are real people with deep, deep needs. With desperate needs. These are extremely needy people. How many of you would live in a dump if you had to? I mean, even us, if, if we were down and out... We could still go to the mission, men. We still, there's still a rescue mission. But here these are people who had extremely deep needs. That's what that dump showed me. I think when we look at our text this morning, what we're going to see is that the Lord's Prayer, what it does, it, it unveils our deep, deep needs. The Lord's Prayer shows us how desperate and needy we really are. We're in the proverbial dump of our own sin in the Lord's Prayer. It unearths just how needy you and I really are. I want us to focus on two ideas this morning. One, we'll see that our prayers ought to be consistent acts of dependence. And we'll see that our prayers have the ability to rescue us. Let me pray for our time together before we go to Word. Father, thank You uh, that You are real. That You are good and that You do right in all things. Father, I pray that we would trust You in all that You do, even in the unseen. Father, I pray that You would speak a word to us this morning. That You would help us to hear from You. I pray that You would eliminate all distractions, Father. That we would see and hear all that You would have for us to see and hear. Move me aside, Father. I pray that I would decrease, that You may increase in this time. Holy Spirit, do Your work, reign this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So, over the last few weeks, um, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount, and it is literally the greatest sermon that ever preached, uh, and that was that was ever preached. And and I thought about just coming up here and reading the Lord's Prayer and walking off, like. That's enough, right? I mean, here it is: Jesus teaching us and preaching about prayer. Um, there's nothing else that needs to be said. But here we are. Uh, Jesus gets extremely practical in his teaching on the Sermon of the Mount, and we said that the Sermon on the Mount it virtually lays out this standard that's that's uh, unable that we're, it's impossible to meet. Jesus said things like, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Uh, But if you even look at a woman with lust, you committed that thing. Uh, You have heard that it was said, Jesus said, that you have heard that it was said, uh, do not murder somebody else. But if you harbor anger in your heart, you have committed murder. There is this standard that is lifted up that none of us could ever meet. And it shows us how much we need Jesus. It reveals to us how needy we really are. Then we come to the Lord's Prayer. And the interesting thing is the Lord's Prayer is sandwiched in between Jesus' teaching on giving and giving to the poor and fasting. And and there's a simple message there. Those that love Jesus will give to the poor and will consistently dedicate themselves to God. If you really love Jesus, if you really are with Jesus and you're on His team, you will consistently give to the poor and you'll also give yourself over to God. That's what that tells us. In fact, we really should call the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' blueprint for prayer. Uh, it's Jesus' model for prayer. The actual Lord's Prayer we find in John chapter 15, and we, we took apart from that last week and read from it. But Jesus lays out a model of how to pray. And He begins with how not to pray. And he shows us that prayer is not only about us, but it's more about God than it is about us. And how easily we rush to the throne of grace and we cast all of our cares on the Lord and that's a good thing without adoring Him. uh, Without worshiping His name. uh, Without taking note of His glory and His honor and His might. Prayer is our chance to literally commune with the God of the universe. And last week we saw that Jesus... He, he begins his instructions with the glory and the holiness of God. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he then talks about the kingdom, which he said was the, we said was the rule and the reign of God. And today we need to see that our prayers ought to be consistent acts of dependence. That our prayers ought to be consistent acts of dependence. Verse 11 says this, look at this with me. Give us this day our daily bread. This is simply beautiful. Give us this day our daily bread. Let me tell you why this is beautiful. Jesus transitions here in instru- to instructions. So first, we are talking about the, the high and the loftiness of God. We're talking about the holiness of God. Uh, we're, we're talking about the grand uh, the grandeur of God and all of His fullness. We're talking about that. Um, Hallowed be Your name. Our Father, that He is Father of all. But then we transition uh, to this, give us this day our daily bread. See, not only does Jesus teach us that God is concerned about His own glory, but He also teaches us that God is concerned about us. That's what makes this so beautiful. God actually cares about what we need. Think about that. The same God that created everything out of nothing, ex nihilo. The same God that created the moon and the stars. The same God that is the creator of the universe. He cares about what we need. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus is teaching us to pray. God, give us this day. What we need for today. Give us this day what is necessary for us. This doesn't just mean food, but this means what is necessary for all of life. Um, We go before the throne of grace. We say, God, give us what we need. I love how Matthew 10, 29-31, it helps us to see this. Jesus is instructing believers uh, not to be fearful. Here's what He says. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. Therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. Do you hear that? Fear not. You are valuable. Even in Matthew chapter 6 verse 26, Jesus says this. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Do you see that? In both cases, Jesus says, fear not, don't worry, don't be anxious, because I care for you. If I care for the sparrow, how much more do you think I will care for you? Isn't that a beautiful thing that the God of the universe says that we can come before His throne of grace and ask for what we need? That we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be fearful of going without because we can go to the throne of grace and say, God, would you provide? He beckons us to do so. And I love what what Jesus does here is because Jesus doesn't start with the need like we so often do. Jesus instructs us, he says, this is the way you pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in Memphis just as it is in heaven. But then, after God has been lifted up, after his name has been made great, after we've worshiped and, and had an understanding of his holiness, the God of the universe allows us to come before his throne of grace to say, Give us this day our daily bread. We can come to him and ask him for what we need because he cares. He is not just a God that sits high, but He is also a God that looks low. He cares for us, and He sees our every need. See, what we've got to understand about this is that Jesus is telling us that our job as believers is to pray for our needs. He did not tell us to pray for our overabundance. And this is the hard thing because in our Western culture, uh, we're going to pray, not give us this day our daily bread, but give us annually our daily bread. Right? Uh, we're going to pray for uh, this year and not this day. Jesus is instructing us to pray for, we, for what we need. And what he's saying is, I haven't promised you the MTV Cribs home. I haven't promised you the $60,000 car. I haven't promised you great health and wealth and prosperity. I have not promised you that. What I've promised you is that I'll give you just what you need. I'll give you what you need and you can come to me and ask for it because... I love you, and I care for you. And we get it twisted. We get it twisted because we think we can come to God and pray for what we want, but that's not what Jesus is instructing us to do. He's instructing us to pray for our needs. When in fact Jesus clearly says in John 16, In this life you will have many troubles. But take heart, get this, I have overcome the world. And I love this because what Jesus says is, not only I will give you what you need, but He also says, you're going to have some hardships. You're you're going to have some troubles. And so all of those TV preachers that tell you life will be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous, they're lying to you, i got to tell you this morning. Jesus says in his word, in this life, you will have some troubles. But even though you will have some troubles, the hope is, I have overcome the world. And that you will not be left alone. That he will provide for our every need. Look at verse 11. Here's a big word that's easy for us to miss. Get this. Give. 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 The implication there is that everything we need belongs to God. And that sounds simple enough, but why don't we live that way? Everything we need belongs to Him. And that's why Jesus instructs us to pray, Give us this day. Because Jesus understands that everything we have, Everything we've had and everything we will get, it all belongs to Him. So if He decides to take away the home, blessed be His name. If He decides to take away the car, if He decides to take away our health, if He decides to take away our breath, blessed be His name because it all belongs to Him. Are you hearing me this morning? Jesus says, this is how you should pray. Give us this day. The implication is that all of it, nothing that we have, does not belong to Him. It all comes from the Father. And we are consistently, every single day, completely, totally dependent upon Him to get what we need. Completely. And that's what this points to. Give us this day. Give us what what is necessary for us today. It lets us know that we are completely, totally dependent. Get this, that we cannot exist on our own. And oh, how often we try to do that. Um, I, I, I know a guy who, um, I'm not endorsing this, this is crazy, but he smokes a lot of weed. I mean, a lot of weed. And he does not live in Colorado. Um, this guy, um, he he will roll a blunt before he goes to bed to smoke. Blunt is, uh, you know, it's a cigar. They cut it open. You drop out the the tobacco and you fill it with marijuana. Um, he'll roll a blunt before. (laughs) Y'all silly. Um. He'll roll a blunt before he goes to bed. He'll smoke it, right? Um, Then, um, he's rolling another one just so when he wakes up in the morning, he has one on the nightstand so that he can smoke the very first thing when he wakes up. This guy is dependent upon marijuana. People oh, you can't get addicted to weed. No, I see. I know one guy at least. At least one guy, uh, and some of y'all are thinking to yourselves that 's crazy. Who would be that dependent upon something? Um, but all of you coffee drinkers don 't turn <laughs> don 't turn your nose up too fast. Some of y'all coffee drinkers y'all crack me up it 's like you, you don 't want to talk to anybody until you get a cup of coffee like you don 't want to see anybody." You don't want to talk to anybody. Um, and you're just cranky. You're, you're cranky. but um, It's like the best part of waking up is something is wrong with y'all. How do you know that? <laughs> like, um, some of y'all turn into like Godzilla if you don't get a cup of coffee. You are completely dependent upon it. And in the same way, before you go to bed, you set that machine up, right? You set it up just so when you wake up and before you get in the shower you can hit the button and you go and clean yourself up, you are dependent upon it. You got to have it. Maybe you get a headache if you don't have it. Um, That's what Jesus is pointing to. He's saying that day and night, when you go to bed and when you wake up, you are completely and totally dependent upon Him, whether you know it or not. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us, God, all that You own. It all belongs to You. Give us our daily bread. What is necessary for us today. Oh, that we would live that way. You know how we live? Um, This is how we live. As soon as the jail opens up and we're freed, no more give us this day. Um, As soon as our child gets healthy again, no more give us this day our daily bread. Um, As soon as there is money in the bank account, oh how often we forget how we cried out, give us this day our daily bread. As soon as the marriage is reconciled, as soon as we are healed up from the broken relationship, all of a sudden we forget. We've got this temporary amnesia thing going on. How easily we forget. And Jesus is calling us to say, give us this day our daily bread every single day. That is the life of the believer that we would be completely, totally dependent upon God for everything that we have, everything that we get, and everything that we will get. Are you hearing me this morning? Jesus says, every day of our lives, There is never a moment that you and I are not completely dependent upon Him. See, Jesus is hes not asking for Miami Heat fans. Did y'all hear me? He ain't asking for Miami Heat fans. Uh, As soon as LeBron left, that's exactly what happens. All of the Miami fans left. What Jesus is asking for is a consistent communion with Him. That you and I understand that all that we have come from Him, that we are completely dependent upon Him. Uh, A good preacher has three points this morning. I only have two. Um, Lastly, not only should our prayers be consistent acts of dependence, but our prayers have the ability to rescue us. Our prayers have the ability to rescue us. Look at verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us... From evil. But deliver us from evil. Here's what Jesus is saying. Our prayers should include this. God, anything that may pull me into sin, help me to stay away from it. God, anything that would compel me to to dive into sin, help me, oh God, to stay away from it. Jesus is saying, you and I should pray, Lord, help me night and day to not give in to temptation. Help me, God, to not give in to temptation of sin. Here's the other thing. We need to pray for our deliverance from all kinds of evil. Do you know that we have a very real adversary in Satan? His primary job description is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his only job. He is a deceiver and he is a liar. His only job is to kill, steal, and destroy. So the last thing that the enemy would like to see is a healthy marriage. The last thing that the enemy would like to see is a pure dating relationship. The last thing that the enemy would like to see is right-stewarding of our finances. That's the last thing he would like to see. The last thing He would like to see is the church in Memphis, Tennessee actually being the church. Outside the four walls of the church, loving on those that have been cast to the side, the destitute and the poor. The last thing He would want to see is for us to do that. What Jesus is showing us is that there are very real evils. Satan is one of them. Our own hearts is another one of them. We got stuff that is going on in our own hearts that that tends to draw us into evil because our hearts are wicked and it deceives us. The Bible says, who can know it? Jesus is letting us know that there is a very real adversary and we need to be rescued from Satan. We need to live as if we know that we... Have a very real enemy. The the word for deliver literally means uh, to snatch or to rescue. And the idea is to violently snatch away from evil. The idea is that there is a very real enemy who is luring, who is on the attack, and only God is powerful enough to rescue us. And some of us think that we are good enough and smart enough and powerful enough to defeat the enemy on our own. Let me tell you, if that were the case, there would be no reason for an Ephesians 6 that says, put on the full armor of God to defend yourself from the schemes of the evil one. If you could defeat the enemy on your own, there would be no need for the armor of God. You cannot. And that's exactly why Jesus says, I'm going to give you a weapon. I'm not leaving you alone. I've sent you the Holy Spirit, but I'm also giving you the weapon of prayer. That you would pray, that you would go before God and that you would ask Him, God, don't let me do what my heart wants me to do. God, don't let me fall into the sin that... My heart desires. Don't let me fall into that trap that the enemy has set for me, God. That's what Jesus is calling for us. Jesus is instructing us to pray. God, don't let it happen. God, don't let us go there. See, temptation is... A pit into which we fall, and the evil one is the one who is attempting to lure us into that pit, and to kick us in. And Jesus instructs us to pray, God, don't let it happen. And so easily, what, what, what do we do? We let it happen, and then we pray, God, get me out of this. When Jesus is saying, actually, here, be proactive, God. Don't let it happen. You are stronger than me. I need you, God. I cannot do this on my own. Don't let me fall into the sin that I want to fall into. God, don't even let me choose what I want to choose. Help me, God. I remember when I was in college, um, there was this kid... um, um, he was the child of one of my residents. I was the RA in the dorms. And this mom, this this mom, her, her boyfriend was away, and I had my door open. Um, she was playing with their son. He's probably about two years old. And um, he's playing in their dorm room. And all of a sudden, she runs into my dorm room. His face is purple. And she just hands me the kid and says, Chris, help me. And I'm looking at her like, woman, are you crazy? Um, I grab the kid, I turn him upside down, I shake him, I pat on his back, and I yell, Jesus, at the same time. I don't know what I'm doing. All the nurses said, amen. Look, (laughs) I grab him, I shake him, I yell, Jesus, I pat him on the back, a penny pops out of his mouth onto the floor. And he jumps down onto the floor. He starts laughing and playing. This kid was choking to death. Um, all I knew to do was to ask Jesus for help. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the right move. The I didn't know where to put my hands. I just grabbed them. I yelled Jesus and I shook them. I didn't know what to do. And it came out. Don't try this at home. The reality is, we need Him. We are completely and totally dependent upon Him. Jesus beckons us to come to Him. He actually cares about what we need. And Jesus says, though there are things that you and I are choking on, the proverbial choking of our own sin, He says, I'm there for you, I will help you, I I will provide for your every need, you can call out to me and I will hear you and I will answer you. Jesus beckons us to Himself. This morning, what I want to do to close, um, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to get on your mind the evil. Maybe it's something that the enemy is attempting to attack you with. And maybe it's something that's in your own heart. I want you to get that on your minds. And then I want you to talk to God about it. Right now, right here, right now. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe it's a terrible business deal. Whatever it may be, I want you to talk to God about it right now. Right here, right now, in the quietness of your own heart. That we would do exactly what Jesus is instructing us to do. That we would ask Him to deliver us from evil. We'd ask Him to lead us not into temptation. The trap that the enemy set for us that God would deliver and rescue and save us from. Maybe there's not a set that's A trap that's already set. Pray for the ones that will be set. Because they will come. that though you are the God of the universe, you care for our every need. Thank you, God, that for the testimony that we heard this morning, but also for what you've done in our lives. We know you to be Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And we pray, God, that we would trust You to give us this day our daily bread. And that we would go to You, that we would depend on You each and every day of our life. Lord, how easily we trust in other things. And we depend on other things like relationships, our education, our careers, our salaries. We depend on other things. But Father, I pray that You would redirect us this morning that we may depend on You. Help us God to trust that you care for us enough that you value us more than you value the sparrows that even though you provide for them God how much more will you provide for us and God would you do what your word tells us you would do would you snatch us out of Evil, And in a group this size, Father, I know that there are some here this morning that maybe have found themselves in some evil right now. I pray that You would snatch them out of it, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, would You save us from the sin that even our hearts would choose. Deliver us. Rescue us. Set us free, oh God. We depend on You to do it, God. We trust You to do it. And we know that only You can, God. Lord, thank You that all that we have belongs to You. If it's much, it belongs to You. If it's little, it belongs to You. And Lord, help us to be grateful. Help us to be a thankful people for You giving us today what we need. And I pray, Father, that we would seek You tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year. For exactly what we need. Lord bless these offerings that we're about to receive. I pray that you would use them. That your name and fame may be made much of in Memphis, Tennessee and beyond. Lord through these give, through these gifts, these tithes and these offerings. Lord I pray that churches would be planted. Leaders would be raised up. Missionaries would be sent out. That we as a church would hold the strings as folks serve in the nations. Help us, God, to store it well what You've given us. In Jesus' name, Amen.